This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. I have, uh, as a guest, one of the guys who really opened my eyes and was there early on on the path of me learning about progressivism uh, and is, I think, one of the great intellectuals uh, on conservative thought in this time. And he's also a guy that every time I read about him or see him now, I remember the clip from A Princess Bride. Right, there's a couple of truisms that are very famous, one of which is never get involved in a land war in Asia, and the other, only slightly less famous, is never get into a Twitter war with Jonah Goldberg. (laughs) Goldberg joins us right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Writer at the Evil National Review Online, author of really fantastic books, in fact, a book that every person should own in America, Liberal Fascism, uh, which tells you much about how the left and the right operate. Jonah Goldberg, welcome to the program. How are you doing, Jonah? Dr. Beck, long time no see. Great to be back. (laughs) Yeah, good to have you. Um, Jonah, I want to talk to you about um, uh, the party and where we head. I am, I'm past the election. What happens in the election, I have no control over. Uh, and what happens either way, I think, is a disaster. But um, we're going to live past it. And right now, everybody is treating this as the end of days in 60 days and we are going to need each other you know in 70 days how do we what is what do things look like in 70 days or you know 200 days from now with the conservative movement well look first of all i agree with you that there is this bizarre or i would say overdone apocalyptic thing going on right i mean uh, on the other just this week, there was, some, I guess it's in Russia, there's some river that's turned red, and it looks like a river of blood, and then they made that Lady Ghostbusters movie, and so it seems like all the seals <laughs> are being torn, and it's the end times, and the people are saying, and they constantly say, because, you know, the country is over if Hillary Clinton is elected president. Now, I, I take a backseat to nobody in terms of my record at, at, at being a critic of the Clintons, in yes. the Clinton cabal, but I have a little more faith in the United States of America that we are never just one election away from doom. Well, and, I will tell you and, this, Jonah, I, I will tell you this. 
Um, I that's the way I, I you know I remember saying to people just a few years ago uh, they were like if he's reelected we don't make there won't be an election yes there will be an election in 2016 he's not going to seize power we're going to make it we made it through this guy who was the worst president of my life um, we do survive with that being said what people are saying is we don't survive a Hillary Supreme Court. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, look, the, Hillary court, the Supreme Court thing is important. It's serious. It concerns me. Um, at the same time, uh, the damage has been done in the sense that, uh, you know, Scalia is gone. You know, God rest his soul. And um, the other Supreme Court justices, that the other vacancies that may come up, um, you know, so they replace an old Ruth Bader Ginsburg with a young Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, it, that won't change the balance much. Moreover, we've lost a lot of Supreme Court fights already. And so, look, again, I, I, I get it. It's a serious thing. I think it's one of the best arguments that people have for voting against Hillary. At the same time, I do not trust Donald Trump for a moment not to use a Supreme Court appointment as a, as a piece of leverage and a pawn um, with a Chuck Schumer to get some massive infrastructure you know, thing through. Um, and regardless, this country has to be more about more than what happens with a few small personnel changes in one branch of the federal government. And um, I, you know, I've been saying for two years now almost that this ends in tears no matter what, and that this is an election that's a choice between two different kinds of crap sandwiches. They're just on different kinds of bread. <laughs> and the problems with both presidencies are huge. But they are not equivalent. They're different problems. So anyway, to answer your question about what happens after an election, assuming that Hillary wins, which I still think is the right assumption, I don't think it's a lock by any stretch of the imagination. God, in his infinite sense of humor, has decided that in an election where we have the two most unpopular candidates in, in American political history, probably, um, we've managed to have a system that's generated two candidates who's, who, whose only chance of winning is because the other candidate is equally disliked by the American people. Um, so anyway, I'll, I can't speak to what happens on the left. On the right, um, or I think the first thing to keep in mind is that Hillary Clinton has zero mandate if she is elected, um, at least as things stand now. No one I know can tell me what it is Hillary's election is actually about what are the three things it's about you know it's all about not being donald trump and she fulfills that mandate the day she is elected right um can I, can beyond I ask you, that can, can, wait 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 could i ask you a question my theory is on hillary clinton if she is elected i know even the weasel uh, republicans will line up to stop her from pushing things through she doesn't have the magic that uh, barack obama has and I go a step further. The minute she has another travel gate, you know, the minute she has another big, because I, I contend that these scandals would have taken her out if Marco Rubio was the opposing candidate. I think the, that's exactly right. I think that's press, exactly right. And I think that people forget um, that, first of all, you know, the New York Times is, is the journalistic organ that broke the server story. The New York Times has been editorializing against the foundation. I was on a panel last night with Donna Brazil, the interim head of the Democratic Party, and Mark Shields, you know, a standard issue Beltway 
liberal, and neither of them would come to the defense of Hillary on those issues. In 1992, when Bill Clinton was elected, it was the New York Times that led the charge on things like Whitewater, um, because there are certain kinds of stories, corruption stories, that the press actually, that the liberal mainstream press actually just get their teeth into and hate being lied over. And I think so, Hillary comes in extremely damaged. Potentially, yeah. you know, I don't think she gets impeached right off the bat or anything, but I think she comes in damaged goods and. With very little rope, very, very little rope. Very little. She has, she yeah. has two choices. She can either pander to the left-wing base of the party, which will only embolden Republicans to unite against her, or she can try something which I think would be very smart, although very unlikely, which is some form of, like, unity government, yeah. where she decides it is better to be sort of like a Nixon or like a Bill Clinton and triangulate by trying to join forces with Republicans on some things, leaving... Um, the left to scream and yell at her. I don't know if she has that in her. I think in her soul, she still sees herself as a serious leftist, but that would be the smart thing to do. Either way, I think she's a one-term president if she makes it through a first term. Um, I mean, we all know that that cough is the bubonic plague or whatever. That's what I, keep, <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. There, it must be true. Uh, well, um, I will tell you, it is, it is weird. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist on her health, but, I mean, first of all, she should not get the rope of saying uh, that it's a vast right-wing conspiracy when she used that against her uh, to protect herself with the FBI. Good heavens. Um, uh, and they, I mean, she, I don't know what's up with the cough. I mean, they should at least just come out and say, Here's a doctor saying that it's just allergies or whatever it is, but it's crazy. Yeah, no, look, I, I think the cough thing, I, I, I don't think the cough thing is real. It, you know, for everyone who, says, who keeps been telling me for a year that she's got an inoperable brain tumor or some sort of thing that came from the fall, I'm pretty sure that a chronic cough during hay fever season or whatever <laughs> is not one of the symptoms of that. <laughs> um, but I agree with you a thousand percent. You cannot stonewall the FBI by talking about how you're an old lady with health problems and you get confused and, you know, uh, here's my med alert bracelet and I fall and I can't get up and therefore I can't answer your questions. But, oh, by the way, it's, it's sexist right-wing paranoia to talk about my health. Right. It is just it's ridiculous. In terms of the, what happens on the right, you know, I think there are, there are strong, there's a strong desire on both sides in some of the more heated moment for a big round of show trials. Um, you know, uh, I think there's some people who feel like it's that scene in The Godfather where, what is it, uh, it's uh, Clemenza is explaining to Michael Corleone, you got to have one of these wars five every ten years, just get out of all the bad blood. And so I think there's a real desire for a lot of recriminations. I try to fight that in myself, um, and I don't, yeah, and I, I, I don't know about the pro-Trump people who hate my guts, whether they're fighting that in themselves, but there, is a, there are a lot of hard feelings. There are a lot of strained friendships. There's a lot of bad faith, and that is going to be hard to get over. I can get past the personal stuff. For me, it's the philosophical stuff. What kind of, what kind of movement are we? What kind of party are we? We've seen in the Democratic Party that – up until very close to the end, socialism was riding high in the saddle. Hillary Clinton had to pander to the Bernie Sanders crowd. The heart and soul of the Democratic Party is the millennial base, which all love this socialism nonsense. And the heart and soul of the Republican Party right now are a bunch of nationalists. Um, 
And, you know, maybe it's because my last name's Goldberg, but I tend to get a little nervous when nationalism and socialism are, oh are joining forces in politics. And that my means name lovers is... of liberty and limited government with no natural home. My name, my last name is Beck, and so there's a good chance that one of your relatives and one of my relatives didn't get along in the past, <laughs> and nationalist and socialist makes me really nervous as well. Jonah, I want to I talk to you a little bit about um, the, what the party even means anymore. For instance, is Donald Trump uh, just a guy who uh, just uh, came out at the right time uh, that could appeal to that nationalist, uh, populist kind of uh, crowd, or and and if if he uh, if he loses, that goes away, or did he tap into something that is now going to grow? What if he starts his own television network? What effect does does the alt right have? This new right, uh, what effect is is this going to play? Yeah, I mean, let's put, let's put the alt-right aside for just two seconds and, and, and note in the realm of mainstream politics, I, first of all, I don't think that the, <clears throat> the average Trump supporter knows about, cares about, or has anything in common with the alt-right. The alt-right is a different creature that needs to be sort of, there needs to be a bright line drawn around it, and then it needs to be ignored and, and done away with rather than let it infect conservatism more broadly. Um, that said... It's worth noting that in a lot, of, a lot of primaries, Donald Trump has had a whole bunch of mini-me's, right? A whole bunch of imitators who've gone around being obnoxious, yelling stupid things, um, talking about, um, you know, protectionism and destroying the elite. You know, they, they tried to do it to Paul Ryan and, uh, you know, Coulter and a bunch of people parachuted in to help out, whatever the guy, Nealon, whatever his name was. And, and Ryan destroyed his opponent. McCain destroyed his opponent. Um, there seems to be, whatever Trumpism is, even its biggest um, proponents can't figure out a way to articulate it in such a way as to actually win primaries in the supposedly Trumpified party. So I, I think the worries about Trumpism are a little overblown, or at least I hope they're a little overblown. Um, I, I honestly believe that, that Trump was, I hate the perfect storm analogies, mm -hmm. but Trump was um, a bizarre five-carom shot accident. Um, you had this guy with a celebrity personality. He was built up um, I, I, lamentably by some of my colleagues at Fox News for a very long time and by other sources as this sort of tells-it-like-it-is guy. Um, he learned the art of faking it to a degree that even Chauncey Gardner and being there never had. <laughs> and um, I think what, one of the things I think that is so frustrating about this for people like me is um, I feel like I get where the pro-Trump people are coming from. What I feel like they don't get is that I can tell that Trump does not know anything and right. is making it up as he goes along. And I think that this is a cult of personality thing. I think this is a giant middle figure, finger to the um, Republican establishment. I um, and I think one of the really hilarious ironies of this, if I had to make a prediction, and a lot of my predictions have been wrong, is that Trump is a bellwether for a phenomenon that is going to hurt the Democratic Party a lot more than the Republican Party long term, because already people like Kanye and all these people, they're recognizing 
oh my gosh, I can translate my celebrity and my Twitter followers into a political campaign. Well, most of the celebrities are on the left. I mean, right now, if George Clooney announced that he was running as an independent against Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton would lose. Yeah, but there are there are people that could pull this off that are not. I mean, Tom Hanks, um, he he could do it. George Clooney could do it. Um, uh, I mean, John Stewart could, you know, could. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of guys who have who own the heart and soul of a lot of Democrats who would actually do some homework. I mean, my God, how formidable would Donald Trump be if he actually did some homework? Yeah. And this has always been, and I've been, you can go back and look, this is not a Trump-specific complaint. I've been making this complaint for five years. One of the problems that the Republican Party has, and one of the things we have got to fix, and one of the ways you fix it is by making the Republican Party a little less Democratic. I know that's unpopular these days, but um, it is a private institution that is supposed to be for the good of the Republican Party. And that means right. one of the things you should try to do is make sure that only Republicans run in it. But, um, <laughs> you know, I've always the hardest thing in politics by far is to have that charismatic connection with your followers where people will march to the gates of hell for you. Sarah Palin had it. Rick Perry in 2012 had it. Um, Herman Cain had it for a little while. And um, they all blew it because they wouldn't do their homework. Yeah. And that's the easiest thing to do in politics. Yeah, it takes time. But you get a couple smart interns. You get some binders. You sit down and you do your patriotic duty to know what you're talking about. Right. If you actually think that you've got to save this country and that the presidency is worth having, then do your homework. And Donald Trump hasn't done any homework. We saw it last night in that commander-in-chief forum. He wings it. He makes it up. He literally doesn't know what he's talking about. And I think it's unpatriotic. And, you know, and so I think that, I think that if, he, if Donald Trump is elected, I think that becomes evident very quickly. Um, because you can't, you can only fake it for so long. But even so, I think it shows that it that his popularity has more to do with him than it has to do with a certain set of ideas and issues. Because for the exception of of invading countries solely to take their oil and um, building a wall and protectionism, there's really not much to Donald Trump's agenda that doesn't change um, with you know within 24 to 48 hours. Um, let me, um, uh, I want to go to the, do you have time to stick with us for a few more minutes? Sure. Okay. Um, I, I, I want to talk to you about the alt-right, but real quick, I've got uh, only a minute left in this break. Yeah. Um, does, who wins, Hillary Clinton or, or Donald Trump, in your opinion? If I had to bet right now, I, I wouldn't want to bet, you know, but if I had to bet my mortgage, I, I think it's Hillary. I mean, you just can't have one field office in Florida. And call yourself a serious contender for the presidency. I mean, ground game has to matter. The thing is, I think voter turnout is going to be very low because everyone is disgusted by this election. And when you have very low turnout, it makes polling very unreliable and it it rewards enthusiasm. And so you could see some unexpected results. Um, Uh, The enthusiasm is with Trump. Yeah, well, that's right. So the enthusiasm was his Trump, but his coalition is so much smaller. Okay. The last time you purchased your mattress, you were also paying for things you didn't know. You're paying for the showroom. You're paying for the guy's salary who helped you, the commissions, and the reseller's profit. Casper Mattress has changed all of that. They sell directly to you. That's why the most comfortable mattress you have ever slept on is going to save you a ton of money. 
cost you much less than the mattress you bought years ago. Casper was invented with two high-tech foams that guarantee that you sleep cool and comfortable with the support that you need. Also, Time Magazine, because of this, named it one of the best inventions of 2015. And your Casper mattress ships free and is delivered in a small, kind of really, honestly, how did they do that kind of box? Tanya and I have a Casper mattress, and we love it. Try one in your own home for 100 nights, risk-free. If you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund every single penny. Go to Casper.com, use the promo code BECK, and get $50 off the purchase of your brand-new Casper mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. It's Casper.com, promo code BECK. Casper.com, promo code BECK.